An Australia without rugby league is not Australia. Um, rugby league has been a fabric of our society for hundreds of years. It's people's escape, it's people's relaxation, and we need to do everything in order to continue that great uh, tradition of rugby league. It has been those Australians who have worked hard every day. They have their dreams, they have their aspirations. These are the quiet Australians who have won a great victory tonight. Dennis Carnahan, how ironic on the week where Scott Morrison who used to label us as quiet Australians and now says shock horror all Melburnians. <sighs> Stephen Ferris is not here to celebrate in that. The year in, the, the week in which the St George Illawarra Dragons were described as the Harlem Globetrotters, therefore making... Was the, any irony in that description? Well, or was it, it, make, actually... it makes Randy Ringer the, uh, the Washington Generals of the Rugby League. <laughs> Pretty much. Steve yeah. is not here to celebrate, but we've upgraded. We have Fox League Supremo Yvonne Sampson with us. Bonnie, how are you? <laughs> I'm so wonderful. Thank you very much for that kind introduction. How are you? Very well. And, and she's wearing, she's got the red and white on as well to celebrate the Dragons uh, victory, the Harlem Globetrotter-esque victory. Clearly inspired by the Warriors' latest jersey. So is this the plan? This is the, yes, is, this, is, this, is this the merger? The merger between the Warriors, the Steelers and the Dragons? Is that, is that the jersey? It's it's what the people want. If, if, if we just hear it over and over, you know, relocate the dragons, oh, you know, yep. Yep, put yep, the yep. Steelers over in Auckland. So, yeah, no, this is uh, this is probably the only thing I pulled up that was warm enough today. It's <laughs> freezing today, um, but lovely to be on uh, such a wonderful program. I always enjoy my invitations and. Just uh, on Scott Morrison, we were lucky enough to do a Super Saturday and caught his highly controversial cameo at, uh, <laughs> at Jubilee Oval. And uh, I had Mel Meninga sitting beside me, and I said, "Mel, you're in Canberra. Do you do you know you know do you catch up with ScoMo much and talk about Paul Gallen highlights or anything?" And he said, "You know, it's funny. He got an invitation. It was you know would." Would Malcolm Norman Meninga please, uh, 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 you are invited to the, the Prime Minister's office uh, for a very uh, important conversation. So Mal's got all dressed up and, you know, put his best uh, kangaroos training kit on and walked into Parliament House and he said, oh, Prime Minister, uh, you know, Mal, how can I help you? And he goes, oh, sit down, Mal. Now... How are we going to select this Prime Minister's 13? And and ScoMo had listed, oh, this is not a lie, ScoMo had listed 1 to 17, his Prime Minister's team to tour. It's unbelievable. Well, he famously got on the oval, didn't he? He was running the water. And, and I... Barefoot. We, we got to, on a in a different life, on a different network, I think I got to interview Mel about that. And I think it was, like, ScoMo wasn't us. He just sort of osmotically ended up on the pitch. Yeah, running the water. Yes. Didn't have accreditation yes. to do no, so. Didn't no. have field of play crews. It's like, I'm the Prime Minister, I'm coming on, I'm just going to run the water. And, and started talking to the boys about their A and B defender. It was just so inappropriate, I thought. And, and look, I, I understand the controversy with our Prime Minister during the bushfires. I think it was a bad look, particularly as his uh, advisors are intimating that he was in Afghanistan on secret Prime Minister's business. <laughs> but I'm, I'm kind of with him. I mean, Marika Hardy, the writer, tweeted, I am a writer, I am without words, showing the picture of ScoMo twirling the scarf. And I tweeted back, well, I'm not a writer, but I'm also without words because I don't know how you can describe the, the appropriate way that anyone has the right to watch their team absolutely get punished because of their shocking defence. There are no words to describe that Sharks defence on Saturday. Oh, the, the pink wave that, over, that overcame them was beautiful. I wish I, I was there and I couldn't, because of where we were sitting, I couldn't actually see Scamo. I would have loved to have seen that face. His face, that, that photo, where he looks like, like the saddest face in rugby league. There's only one, the downturned smile, the saddest face in rugby league. Who am I talking about? Dean Pay. Oh, there is no sadder well. face. There are faces that are angrier. There are faces that have more pain. But that's the saddest face. ScoMo became the second saddest face. It's actually face. the emoji. It's yeah. the sad emoji. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like... so upturned. It's unbelievable <laughs> how he does it. The facial flexibility to get that. And I would have thought it was news coming through about Eden Monero or something like that. Um, 
It's funny you mentioned Dean Pay because I feel we're out in the middle of an NRL fire sale this week on the Quiet Australians. I mean, everything must go. First of all, Luke Brooks apparently dropped by the Tigers. How about that yes. bombshell? Does that yep. mean they've brought in Benji? Oh, Benji. Benji was a lock after Josh went, but Billy Walters. <laughs> Billy Walters. Billy Walters. Tip to go to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. But the big news is today Dean Pay has walked, not tapped on the shoulder of his own volition. How do we feel about this? Oh, well, someone had to do something. So good on him. And again, just making him the saddest man in rugby league and, and another excuse to show the picture of the saddest man in rugby league and, you know, the Bulldogs basket case. What's he got? To, and they're talking about giving him Trent Barrett well, as a coach who did such a good job at Manly. And, uh, like, um, do, do the Bulldogs have their own plastic chairs? Well, there has to be a furniture clause written into the contract for T-Bats, right? Oh, yeah, I was worried about the outdoor furniture. That was my first concern. Um, poor Dean Pay. I'm not sure what they expected of him. If we can be serious for a moment, they've, he, he the salary cap was ruined from the get-go. Um, he had two players stood down for a pretty unsavoury sexcapade with some schoolgirls. Um, he's had Kieran Foran, who's hardly played at all for the last couple of years. It's been He's had no stock, no roster. Um, the internal fighting at Canterbury Bankstown is just ongoing. Um, yeah, the alliances they run deep, and then I guess when they brought back Dean Pay, remember they were going on and on about this Bulldogs DNA and restore the family club. And Lynn Anderson sent out a, an open letter to all the members saying we're going to once again make the blue and whites the most respected and, and marketable uh, sporting brand in Australia. And yeah, poor old Dean Pay. Now he's just been booted out and. Well, look, he, he ended up leaving, but they said your services won't be needed after this season. Would you stay if you knew that they were already looking for your replacement? Would you stick out the rest of the season? Depends how much money they were offering me to do the uh, noble thing and walk back straight away. <laughs> so so the, the, the talk was, oh, well, he, he'll, he'll last it because a la Mary, uh, as when he was being uh, grilled by hoops uh, after the, another yes. St George loss to, ironically, Canterbury, he goes, I'm not a quitter. So the whole thing is Dean pays no quitter. Uh, but they said because he won't quit because he won't get his pay. But surely, no pun intended, surely that's what happened, I would have thought. And uh, there's no joy, I think, in the job. And, I mean, how sad would it have been as he was driving out the car park, Corey Harrower and Naya and Jade Nockenborough are arriving so for are a they, with the are they actually, are they actually back? So they're back in the NRL, but are they back at the dogs? Not I yet. thought the dogs ditched the contracts. I thought that, so they're now basically free. I thought the dogs stood them down too. No, stood them down. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's getting technical, but deregistration is different from having your contract torn up. And uh, the Bulldogs, there is a scenario where they untear the contracts now that they're re-registered. <laughs> Get the sticky tape out. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's against physics, but, you know, but uh, look, <laughs> I, I feel... Uh, very badly for Dean Pay and, of course, Trent Barrett. I mean, hiding to nothing. I mean, it's, it used to be, as you said, Bonnie, the family club, but it was described today, dare I say, as a toxic culture. So, Oh, you know, no. I mean, you know, good luck uh, to T-Baz. What about the NRL itself? I mean, no greater authority than Gus Gould has waded into the pandemic because things are getting a bit away from us. You guys aren't from Liverpool or Campbelltown right at the minute, I hope. Well, I haven't been from Campbelltown. I, I, I was in Campbelltown. I was last in Campbelltown. Uh, there it is. That was June 21, which was the last game at Campbelltown. So, so I think I'm clear. That, cl that predates the Robert Johnson going to the crossroads to discover the devil and the blues. Yep. Um, so I, I believe I'm safe. I didn't, I didn't, the devil didn't see me there. You, you good, Vani? Yes, I'm not allowed out of the studio. I'm what uh, at Fox we call ourselves because there's an A and a B crew mm -hmm. and uh, they have inside cats and outside cats and we are the inside studio cats who aren't allowed <laughs> to go outside. So you're the so which is the A and which is the B? Is A inside no, or I outside? Think the B a is inside, B is uh, game day people, you know, roaming cats out prowling around and having fun. We're, right. the, we're the sad little kitties at the, in the corner. Okay, so, that, so this worries me. So wh where does Buzz Rothfield fit into that? Is he an inside cat or an outside cat? Because he's in your studio, isn't he? <laughs> he, he? Well, yes, because he's a... 
he's a telegraph uh, import. So, uh, yes, Buzz has to do his own thing. But I think it's to try and stop us all uh, working with different, um, yeah, cross-contaminating, cross-pollinating with cross-fertilizing, yep. Oh, yes, no, nobody you know, wants we, that. We saw what happened in the hotels down in uh, Melbourne. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Because because he is. If he was an inside cat in category A, yes. how would that go with him being yes. Telegraph editor at large? Because you've got an inside cat that can't be at large, but by definition, he's at large. And and has he been spayed? Has he been neutered? Well, and, and is he walking Long around? Ago. Is he Long walking ago. around the studio just spraying everywhere to to mark his? Territory. The concern about Buzz being editor at large is the Telegraph won't give him a desk, right? <laughs> so you're not sitting anywhere here. So by being at large, you're entitled to roam. And we always feel he's just... He likes to always point out that he you know, sits in the crowd in the old days and sort of taps out the stories, mm-hmm. including the 2016 Premiership. I don't want to give away <laughs> ideas for free, but, I mean, they're looking to try and get some revenue from that Cats movie because, let's face it, it was a disaster. I mean, Idris Elba and Judy Dencher in you know, like full-time therapy as a result of being in that movie and uh, Taylor Swift the same, but maybe something with the Fox League personality superimposed, it could it could, it could be a run. Inside definitely. Cats. No idea is a bad idea at the moment. Right. <laughs> we'll definitely come to some of the bad ideas you've had during the lockdown a little bit later, Bonnie, but um, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just looking over to my right here. Um, but anyway, the word is, should it get out of control? You know, Crossroads Hotel, pandemic, dot, dot, dot. The NRL is ready to uproot everything and head lock, stock and barrel to your home state, Bonnie, Queensland. Gus Gould last night said yeah. they're, they're ready to go. If, in fact, if the borders shut again and we're in lockdown again, Peter Volandis, the overlord, will pick up the teams and move them to Queensland or anywhere else he has to do to keep the competition going. He will do everything and anything he can to play. They've got it prepared. They're ready. Planes are at the ready. So this Plural. Been, right, plural. Planes, plural. So he's been talking about getting the jet, right? And he's also been talking about no assets in the NRL. And we thought, well, here's the classic thing. He'll convince the NRL to buy a jet. He'll go, there's the asset. It'll be distressed because, let's face it, the NRL's going broke as we speak. He'll acquire the jet at no cost and then he's got his own private jet. But this is now a bigger play. I mean... It's clearly, we talked about Vonnie being the big V at Fox Sports and and Volandis being the big V nationally. And there is currently for sale, I think the head office in Queensland, an airline with a big V, not yes. the V-Jet of Ansett or Quonset, but in fact, Virgin. You wouldn't even have to customise it, would it? You, you just, just, you've got the V on the tail yeah, and just, you're away. It's only the small letters, urgent, just take off a little you know, apostrophe Landis. Yeah. And, and you've got the whole thing. Ever Landis. He said, Gus knows everything, and he said, planes are at the ready. What do you, this what, is all in, it's ready to go. What do you think the in-flight movies would be on, on Ever Landis? Ooh. I mean, Zorba the Greek would be a, with, you know, Anthony Quinn would be a laid-down Mazaire. Oh, Seabiscuit? The, the, big... the Godfather? Yeah. Oh, yeah. the Godfather, part one, two, three. In fact, they'd circumnavigate Australia. The, the flight to, uh, to from Sydney to Brisbane, they'd go right around so you get all three. The uh, 1931 Lugosi Dracula. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever heard Peter Melanius go, I don't drink vain, you'll know what I mean. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you see, I mean, obviously... I think Sunshine Coast is close to your heart, Bonnie, and we've got the storms located there yeah. now. We've got the Titans, we've got the Broncos. Yeah. Where are we going to put Dennis's Raiders? I mean, Roma, what? Rocky, where are we going? <laughs> you know what? This goes back to one of those zany ideas we were all bantering about uh, during lockdown. It's called NRL Island. Yes. Oh, it's back. Tangaluma Island. Yes. We're yep. back. Let's go to Tangaluma Island. And I spoke to the owner of the island. The resort is ready to go. They're going to convert the airstrip into training fields. Beautiful. You get your ferries across from Tangaluma, straight across, and it dovetails you, you know, directly into Suncorp Stadium. And you get to feed the dolphins at 6 o'clock every night. They come in, you get to pat them. I just can't imagine anywhere else that you would rather be. Like, the UFC's done it very successfully. They've got UFC Island off Abu Dhabi. Why can't we have NRL Island? Except they're eating the dolphins. That's the only difference. Uh, and you <laughs> get, and, and you can update that you can update that heartwarming vision of Gordon Tallis with the dolphins that gets a bit of a run on the Matty John show <laughs> from time yes. to time. What about the, yes. the what about the FIFO? The, what was the mining resort like Pleasantville or something that they were uh, not Collinsville? You know, there was um, the, the mining deal they were talking about. Where, oh, yeah, it was outside of Gladstone. Uh, yeah, Calliope. Cal- ah. Calliope. Yeah. Calliope. 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 
Yeah, that was that was uh, Kenty that couldn't yeah. say that. I was calling it Calliope all the time. Calliope. Can I, can I just ask you where you are on one very yeah. important issue to us? Did you did you call it Project Apollo or Project Apollo? Where were you on that? Apollo. What, say, what are you saying a, different? Apollo or Apollo? Apollo. A lot of people are talking about Project Apollo. No, Apollo. Yeah, exactly. No, Apollo. Double L <laughs> shortens the vowel of the O. It's Apollo. It has to be. I, no I just, question of it. I just want to leave you. Sorry, go. It's want... a Greek word, isn't it? Apollo. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sun god. I just want to leave you with one thought about Peter Volandis. He was spotted having his hair cut by Alana at headquarters, H-E-A-D-Q-A-R-T-E-R-Z. Ooh, that's why it looks so slick. Salon at, Gla- at Glazeville last weekend. Can you imagine walking into a salon and just going, give me a Volandis? What would that be like? Well, Volandis, there's a wonderful bit of footage of Volandis from the 90s when he was just a young buck at the New South Wales Racing. And he was complaining and the, the, the jockeys were getting very unfairly paid for their weekend work. And he was taking it to arbitration, saying they should be getting paid more. And he's walked out of court. And this is, you talk about the godfather, but this is the young Don walking out and the hair is flowing. It's, mm. it's beyond muller. Like, it's long and flowing back. The forehead is prominent and it flows and he gives it a shake and there's, you know, Vidal Sassoon all through it. It's a magnificent mane. It's so do, wonderful. So, so do you think the buying the airline is compensating for the loss of the mane or what? I don't think he's lost the mane. I oh, think, okay, he, I think that's a choice that he's taken. Now that he is the Don, he's had to slick it back. I used to get my hair cut, hair cut near guys well... Uh, at Huntersville by a place the guy was called Francois so I don't know I wonder where Francois is now look I tell you who else is going players are exiting the NRL like you wouldn't believe uh, Jake Avarello whose parents went to the Crossroads Hotel for the Canterbury Bulldogs uh, in isolation did they meet the devil uh, well, <laughs> how's, how's, how's Jake Avarello's father's guitar playing at the moment is he suddenly have we got the lost Jake Avarello's dad it's an obvious song idea Dennis do you know the way to Amarillo you know have you seen Jake Avarello I, it's, it's very fertile. Uh, something close to my uh, heart, uh, West Tigers next year, Stefano Utokamanu, played for 10 seconds on the weekend against the Newcastle Knights, which uh, I started watching Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know if you've watched that show. No. No. So she was a character. She no. was held hostage by a crazy uh, uh, priest underground for 15 years. Right, and she got through. Was this in in the diocese of Melbourne, of Ballarat? That's right. Oh, yeah. it's it's basically called the Melbourne CBD, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, so they're in this underground bunker for fifteen years, and she got through. She says, "If I can get through the next ten seconds, then I can get through the next ten seconds." Well, that was Stefano's game on the weekend because he played for ten seconds. <laughs> I, I saw him run on, and they've got here he is. He's, they've given him ten seconds, and he gets the ball and takes a hit up. Now, at that point, what there was four points in the game, so all he has to do. Is lose. There is nothing to gain. He's had one tackle of NRL. But imagine if he dropped that ball and then Quentin Pongia, sorry, Kalen Ponga, Kalen runs length <laughs> and scores and gets the win. So he's, he's had 10 seconds of NRL and he's given away a game. There's a little bit of pressure. But it was a good 10 seconds because he got a lay and um, uh, <laughs> a, a lot of family, uh, you know, ruffling of the hair. And now he's in lockdown. He's What's, in quarantine for yes. two weeks. How complicated is it? Well, he's... His test has come back negative, so he's allowed back in. Um, But uh, as we know, everyone's just getting a little bit more concerned as uh, COVID-19 starts to sprout all around our community. So the players have gone back into the bubble. Um, They're not allowed to play golf. They're not allowed to to go to the cafe. They're not allowed to go to the shops. Not allowed to go to the beach. They're not allowed to go to the beach. They're not allowed to do anything. So, um, And they're only allowed to interact with those clean members of their family, those ones that have been cleared uh, by the COVID cops at their uh, 16 individual clubs. So, look, it it is a very unusual situation. I did feel sorry for him because it was 10 seconds and it was like he'd won the grand final. It was doing... And then he saw the trainer (laughs) try and pull him away and he was like, no! And then he went back and signed more fans and it was all happening. It was such a good moment (laughs) for him. Um, And we were like, oh, no, what a... What a terrible result. Here's what you should do. Like the Ferrari from Forbes. Look oh. how safely wow. he is yeah. celebrating wow. his four tries. And then... <laughs> and then it's a party at the Ferrari house. In the garage, yeah. So, so Charlie Staines on debut for the Penrith Panthers, right? On debut? On debut. Four tries. Yes. Uh, uh, not since Jordan Rankin, another former West Tiger. And... 
Of course, famously, those five mates from Forbes did the right thing and they went to each end of the field so that they were there for the celebration shots. They went, they went to his wing on each end. Each yeah. Unfortunately, they, he invited them, plus the family, plus his uh, girlfriend's parents, and he's allowed ten people in the house but only five at a time, and he got that wrong. So he's out for two weeks. I mean, it's complicated. Well, which is makes it, again, plays into the Ferrari. He's, he's had a run. Now he's got to go to the garage, yep. get tuned up again, get ready for the next one. <laughs> and uh, uh, the best part about that yarn is his dad's name is Shane Staines. Oh, right, yeah. oh. That's up there with Dave Shane Staines, and you know it's up there with Dave Dugan. I'm imagine. obsessed with NRL players' dads' names. Imagine so if good. imagine if if, if uh, Staines had played if Charlie had played a few years ago, and you get a run in between his dad. So Shane Staines fighting with Shane Haynes. There's a oh, wouldn't that be Kevy? Good old Kevy Haynes, Shane Staines. And I think I'm right in saying Dan Staines, another former Tiger, the underpants. Origin player. Yes. The underpants. Yes. No relation. No relation. Uh, one of them has an E on their name. That's I think, right. I think Charlie, Charlie has an E. Charlie does, and he's got lockjaw as well, just to finish off the week. So when we say lockjaw, is this? He, is, did he get tetanus off someone? Is this because that's the? <laughs> I'm blaming those kids from Forbes. I'm telling you, saw them. But they, I'm not sure that they passed the hygienic protocols. Is there, is there rabid dogs, maybe? <laughs> is this, oh, no, that's foaming, isn't it? Not locked jaw. Is, is it still... Like, if you fell off your bike when you were a kid, tetanus shot straight away. Is yeah, that, yeah. Is that still the deal? No, I don't think it does. Yeah. I don't think anyone cares about it anymore. Yeah, I think we sort of locked... Well, maybe we it's because he's dived in for four tries. Something, you know, he's got a little cut, a little it's, bit of tetanus, and he's, he's locked jaw. I, you know, I actually think he got locked jaw because he was smiling so much he scored so many tries. He just couldn't get the smile off his face. <laughs> I do wonder, though, with the whole Ferrari thing and being garaged for three weeks and playing for a week, I do wonder if what's being fine-tuned is those eyebrows because they are magnificent. They are beautifully manicured. They, They're very full. But they're clear, like mm. the, the lines he keeps on them, they are like a sports car, like the detailing on a sports car. Where does yeah, that... it was the, the, the neatness was Kevin Naguama like. Do you yes. remember his eyebrows? Oh, they were beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful. I, I, oh, and his kid and play hairstyle. I wouldn't mind having a little look at his. <laughs> yes. I, want, I wonder how his nails are. Yeah. By the way, have... <laughs> if, if, if Staines is a Ferrari, where does this leave Stephen Crichton? I mean, is, is he a Lamborghini or something? Because that guy looks like the perfect rugby league player to me. And handsome to boot. Yeah, they love him. Wow. Yep, all the Fox boys, they, they all want to be boyfriends with him. They're obsessed with him at the moment. They, um, yeah, they love him. We've got to get rid of scrums. They're going. They're for sale. Super League has got rid of them in England. Uh, there's uh, talk of Volandis is wading into this as well as buying the airlines. Uh, part of the concern on, and let's face it, don't you hate to see media wars? I mean, I know, Bonnie, you would never deign to be in competition <laughs> with your rival broadcasters, but the Telegraph and the Herald are going tooth and nail with their player polls. <laughs> and the players, vis-a-vis the scrums, have said 39% of the players want penalties to be blown when players break the rules, which to me says 61% don't. But Yeah, correct. <laughs> Peter Valandis is to say, I know how to solve this. I'll get the refs to feed the scrums. I see no issue with that. Oh, it's the worst idea possible. Can you imagine if, if <laughs> as soon as Jerry Sutton puts his head down to feed the scrum... Cam Smith is at the back of the scrum. He's not going to be hooking. He's going to be at the back of the scrum and he's going to be casting spells and there'll be lightning bolts and there'll be all <laughs> manner of evil. There'll be the stench of sulphur coming out. He'll be going nuts. That's what's going to happen because it means he has to have his eyes off the game. They're going to break early every single time. They're going to be offside every single time. I've always said if the problem with the referees, people say the referees are a problem. You know, and my dear Ricky, is saying it's you know the bunker's got to go. Everyone's saying there's all this problem. They wouldn't need referees if the players didn't cheat. So why why do we say to the players stop cheating? You're supposed to be demonst- You're supposed to be you know role models. Wouldn't it be a better role model for society for their kiddies if instead of saying here's a rule, I'm going to break it for my own advantage? That's cheating. They call it a professional foul. Breaking a rule for your advantage is cheating. If I go out in the street now and go, I don't want to stop at this red light, bugger the lot of you up there on Cleveland Street, I'm going straight through and you can all stop. I'm going to either get smacked by the truck that I'm going past or I'm going to get done by the police. I can't do that for my... I can't teach my son that this is okay and yet he watches the footy and they're all cheating and they're calling it professional foul. I I hate to be your son, Dennis. Uh, And by the way, what what you're talking about there, Buzz Rothfield describes as gamesmanship, and he gamesmanship. thinks it's, and he thinks it's lovely. No, it's cheating. Um, if you, you've raised the last issue in the fire sale, which I think is very important here, and uh, 
Dennis, stay calm. I can't. The bunker. <laughs> uh, uh, off the back of Ashley Klein being proactive and putting Tamo in the bin in the Cronulla Panther game for not being square, and he was, and putting Aaron Woods into the bin for uh, interfering with a, uh, an offensive play going to the play the ball, which he wasn't. And I love when Brandon Alexander said, I defend Aaron Woods' is right to run back at whatever speed he chooses to in defense, <laughs> which, was, which was clearly very slowly. Uh, we had a very, very unfortunate incident involving Bailey Simonson on Sunday night oh. in the Raiders and the Storms. Oh. How did you see it, Bonnie? Oh, look, you know, it's funny. Like, watching... So on Saturday night, we had Mal Meninga, and he's obviously got his... Uh, his Raiders heart on. He's always got the green heart underneath the Titans jersey. So he sees things the way a Cam Barron would. And then I've got Michael Ennis, who obviously works with the Raiders. So they were losing their minds even before it all went down. So they were they were ropeable. And in every replay showed that Bailey only had eyes for the ball. Um, and it just it's not been great for the bunker. And and Mick got up and he shoved his chair and because oh, I bring little lollies did you video like that? that every Saturday. God, I love no, him. No, I love no, him even was, more. That, yeah, the bloopers would be amazing. I think it's what, actually what, quite funny. What really set it off though was that Cooper Cronk, who isn't a big fan of Canberra, likes to be superior over them. That's just Cooper being Cooper. And then you've got uh, Brandy Alexander, hates the Raiders and always commentates again. When he's commentating, he's, it's so biased. And he, he's, I'm not making this up. He comes out comfortably and says, yeah, I do. I do. I, I always have a, you know, I don't have any green eyes. I don't see him. I don't like him. I just don't like they him. They were his great rivals in the early and, 90s. And both of them yeah, were like... Yeah, I was like, going to say, this goes back to early 90s. Yeah. yeah. When, when he was at his peak. Well, you know, he's at his peak now. When he's at his peak as a player, but as a human, as a man, he's magnificent. Um, but both of them were saying, oh, that shouldn't, oh, that's so wrong. That shouldn't be a bin. That shouldn't even be a penalty. That's nothing. He's got ice with the ball. And the main thing was his left hand was on the inside. You know, the, with the tackle, when they're doing a showing for a shoulder charge, you try and see is the arm wrapping around. They could have hit him with a shoulder charge because he wasn't, except there was no impact. <laughs> he had his hand. I'm about to start raping Chris here and leaning across and demonstrating, but social protocols and distancing won't allow me to. But, oh, Plus the law. Um, yeah, well, plus the law, but... It was interesting. Uh, the, the, we thought we had the perfect combination. We had Steve Chitty, former referee, and Ben Galea, you know, ex-player. I love the bloke, 2005 Premiership. I won't hear a word against him, except they completely stuffed it up. And I think James Hooper on the Big League Rap, your show, Bonnie, described it as that the refs are trying to split the atom. And, and, I, and, I mean, getting video refs to split the atom is clearly not working for us. Does the bunker go? No, I, I, do you know what? I really like the bunker. I know they get it wrong, but I've had a couple of um, turns in the bunker. Like, you know, they invite you in, so it feels like you're going, yeah, I know, it's so fun. So wow. you go in and it, it looks like the NASA space station, like these doors go, and in you yeah. go and behind you. And it's this circular, it feels like you're inside a how spaceship. Many, how many are in there? Thing. So you've got the two decision makers um, so playing the ref. Well, they've got they've got sort of different pods set up, you know, and so you've got you know two down the front and two at the back, and and you know doing replays and someone you know calling which camera and they're looking at sixteen different angles of it, and it's actually like when you look at the process, it's it's super fascinating, and you can get super nerdy on it, and, and it's really it's really kind of good. So I like the bunker because I think. It's just popular to bag it yeah. <laughs> because you know, like. Do they just, have different names you know, for the pods? Just, Do they have so you've got the, the there's obviously video short. operators at the start at at, at one side. Yeah. There's got to be vid who are, who are just going through. There's got to be different hard drives which have different angles and the different cameras in HD which they can do slow mo on. So there's got to be an operator for that. There's got to be a librarian, someone who goes through it, who goes through the library to see and gets it all in sync. Yeah. There's got to be. Then you've got the refs themselves. I'm assuming there's other people. So I'm I'm picturing that the very start. Central control, Bengalia or, or horse. <laughs> He's sitting there going, <laughs> uh, video operators, is it go or no go? We have video <laughs> operators. Video operators are go. <laughs> Librarian, go or no go for bunker launch. Is that what happens? You'll make they... caps lock. Yeah, pretty much. It, oh. yeah, it's, it's like an episode of Thunderbirds in yeah. there. It's pretty good. Cool. Well, like, this, I, I like it. This is the problem because famously, uh, John and Alan from Thunderbirds each did six-month stints up in Thunderbird 5. Though if you watch the show, it was only ever John who was up there. And do you think that the fact that the video refs, a la Steve Clark, Horse Maxwell, dot, 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 have to live in there Jeez. for the entire football season, is that a mistake? I mean, should they let them go home? 
Clarky's going home. I know, you know they're what? going home. And, and then it you... does feel like a bit of a casino in there. You don't know what time of day it is. You know, there's there's loud carpet. You're confused. There's no natural light. That's right. And, and <laughs> conveniently, a few Queen of the Niles just on the way out. Because let's face it, <laughs> yes. the NRL's looking for revenue opportunities any way they can. And is there is there with the videos and they've got the decision being made? Is there a live tote going on and Peter Volander sitting there <laughs> watching the odds to see who's going where, who's putting money on what? And could it have been that a whole everyone's seen the replay the hand on the inside by Bailey and that the market's just gone berserk with people putting money on no yeah. try. Let's, let's uh, fix them. I know, I know where Volandis is flying the NRL to Queensland because he actually puts he actually accepted a couple of bets when he said the chances of an NRL player getting COVID <laughs> is 50,000 to one and he's very nervous right now. Look, um, just to put an underline on this and, and this NRL fire sale, if you've got young kiddies who happen to be listening to the show and let's face it, why would you let them? But uh, you might want to take them away now because Ricky Stewart, he's known to blow up and listen to his volcanic reaction to the Bailey Simonson sin bidding. Let's hear it from Ricky now. Is that the most frustrating, frustrating part of Rick? That, you know, it wasn't like it was an on-field call. It was reviewed by the bunker to get to that decision. <clears throat> they got it wrong. Well, I'm sorry about that. Sorry. That, that, it, those are sensitive ears. I mean, he's just gone crazy. Absolutely. That's got to be a $25,000 fine right there, hasn't it? Look, I've I got to say, I'm, I'm having difficulty speaking about this. I'm having difficulty expressing my feelings about this. Do you mind if I, if I go to a song? Dennis, please. Oh, boy. Raiders and the storm Everything went wrong Bailey Simonson Shouldn't have been binned Cameron's smarmy smile Makes me wanna die Raiders and the storm It piled on misery when Hodgson did his knee Bailey's shoulders gone as well As Satan smiles in hell Our chances took a hit But Ricky doesn't give a shit Raiders and the storm Raiders and the storm Raiders and the storm Can I just say, I say, thank heavens the Bailey Simonson thing didn't happen in a grand final. Oh. We'll be back after the break and we want to hear what uh, the pandemic's been like for Yvonne Sampson. We'll be back in a moment. Like rugby league, how good is it? Welcome back to Fire Ups, Quite Australians. Chris Gale here with Dennis Carnahan, no Stephen Ferris. Thankfully, gratefully, spectacularly, Yvonne Sampson, it's great to have you on Fire Ups, Quite Australians. Oh, it's the best invitation I've had all week. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> It's only Tuesday. You know? oh, yeah, there's plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I tell you, if you get into business class on Air Volandis, I'd take it. I'd get out of being an inside cat and I'd go up where the action is, Tangalooma Island. It'll be incredible. But I want to take you back to a very dark time in your life. I imagine it was around about early April, a production meeting in Fox League. You were asked to helm Fox League Live of a Friday. I mean, you've got the A-team, you've got Paul Kent and Brian Fletcher. You would have thought it was pretty good. But how dark was it? How serious? How concerned, defeated and flattened were you that you had to make a decision to have Dennis Carnahan close your show every Friday? <laughs> Not at all. It was the best part, seriously. And it was a really depressing time. We, you know, FaceTimes would all go awry and we, you know, we were like, well, what are we going to talk about? Is rugby league coming back? Are we going to have a competition at all this year? Um, what mood is Kenty going to be in? <laughs> How much has Fletch lost on the punt? These are all terrible, catastrophic questions. And then the only shining light each and every week was the wonderful musician genius that is Dennis Carnahan. And each week we it was like just a shot of sunshine straight between the eyes for us. And it's exactly what we needed. So we were, luck we were the lucky ones to have Dennis on. I think that explains exactly how desperate times were. <laughs> the, the only, and, and look, I thought it was fantastic work and it was great for you to give, you know, a brother a bit of a break because let's face it, he needs one. Um, 
The only thing that upsets me is I still haven't seen the final version, the final one where you oh, did the, the Johnny song Cash song for Kenny. Because you know Dennis was really trying to ingratiate himself with Kenny. Like, he would actually freeze frame and Kenji see if smiling. he could get at least one <laughs> was, frame of a smile. It wasn't that I was trying to ingratiate. It was just, that was the, gr- the greatest challenge. My, my, what I want to do as an artist is make people smile. And <laughs> Kenty is the greatest challenge. He's like, he's yeah. like the white whale. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's the, the perfect wave to get a Kenty smile. And I, I got one. That's pretty much why I've retired. But, but, but I would have thought you guys would have related because he's definitely a music fan, right? He's obviously expressed his love for Johnny Cash. And there was an exchange last week on NRL 360 <laughs> where there was an email from a Jolie Ramone. <laughs> and Kenny goes to Ben Eichen, soon to be... CEO of the, your Broncos, apparently. Yes. Uh, he goes, yes, are you sure that's yes, not yes. Joey Ramone? And ben, Kenty, non, ben, ben here, no idea. Not plus. Ben, no idea. No idea. Who <laughs> Joey Ramone was. It's like on the... On the... And he's got some... Um, he's actually got some beautiful guitars at uh, the what we like to call Kenty's Castle. Oh, um, boy. It, it's, yeah, so so once you get to that portion of the... Um, the after after party and the guitar comes out. <laughs> Kenty's quite good, so he would love to have you over, Dennis. Definitely, oh. it's a VIP straight straight out of the bridge. We hottail it into Kenty's castle, and away you go. Because there was a there was an incident with the uh, the Twitter prank, like that you got Jolie Ramone there texting in. There was an incident on the cricket, the West Indies England game, where um, Mike Atherton was just reading straight off Twitter. And he's gone, unbelievable scenes for Cockermouth Cricket Club. Now, Cockermouth is the uh, the team which Ben Stokes played for, so it's a genuine thing. Unbelievable scenes for Cockermouth Cricket Club with, I can't say it, Hugh Jarden bowling six for nine. I don't know why that's funny, Dennis. I don't think that's funny at all. So Hugh Jarden from Cockermouth. <laughs> and Mike Atherton read this out. I, I, it's beautiful. I, Thank you, Mike. I saw Johnny Ramone on the ET, the extraterrestrial ride in Orlando uh, Universal Movie World once. Oh, is this? Did ET have the mullet or was it the fishing haircut? Uh, no, no, it was Joey Ramone. No, uh, Johnny Ramone. But he said there was only T. Oh, was it Eddingshausen? Oh no, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was the Andrew Eddinghausen, the extraterrestrial. <laughs> so anyway, let me tell you, there was a couple of uh, blue sections there. Was it sponsored by Toyota and Shimano? You'd hope it would be. <laughs> And flown by Anset. Oh, hang on. No nudity in the dressing rooms, though. Which remember that that that, that very very uncomfortable situation. Though, uh, um, no, I wasn't going to make it. Was joke, he in tears? Was 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 this post twenty sixteen emotional teary et? Can you imagine being on a theme ride and then the final scene is you go into a massive hologram of et and Gal bawling oh, their eyes tears. out? Oh, oh. Are you welling, are you welling up already? We, we have a listener, Bonnie. No. We, we have a listener, no. Bonnie, called Terry Ball, and he's doing a he's doing a, a a montage which we're progressively posting of crying in rugby league. So it started with oh, Corey. Well, well it didn't right. start with Corey because well, no, I mean, Corey was the first one. Thing. And when Corey, like Fox Sports, the Fox Sports commentators loved Corey's tears because they weren't tears of sadness; they were tears of utter outrage and anger. And he wanted to yeah. bash someone. He wanted to eat him up. He and he wasn't allowed to. And Brett White. Didn't mind a stink, but he knew it was a bad, so he was pulling Corey away. And Corey respected Brett White and was just bawling his eyes out because he was so angry. Whereas the next week is the crocodile tears of your Broncos, of pretending, pretending to be sad and getting a little cuddle from... from oh, it was, was uh, Adam Blair. The, yeah, and, the Tigers player. Alex Adam Quinn. Yeah. And so Terry Bull has superimposed uh, <laughs> Corey giving... Adam Blair and, and Alex Glenn a little cuddle and he's now beautifully put in in behind them head thrown back in despair like a Botticelli angel looking up about to be sainted um, Daily Cherry Evans with it's, it's glorious it's a wonderful it's really good and emotion in rugby league to go, I mean rugby the guy who does those great murals the next one should be the NRL weeping wall oh yes oh how good. On the Basilica yeah. of yeah. the new stadium. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I saw Michelangelo's David a couple of years ago. I went to the Vatican and that's a whole story in itself. But, you know, it looked a little bit tired and, like, um, you know, David's, David's actually in, in Milan. In, um, not Venice. Verona, Venice. No. David's in Venice. Say? You said, Mil- you, said you went to the Vatican. Yeah, the Vatican. What's the, what's not, the, the Michelangelo and the roof? Oh, the, the Sistine Chapel. The, the roof Sistine of the Sistine Chapel. Chapel. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. David's the statue outside the... Is it the Uffizi? No, no. no, no. <laughs> Put the David statue outside 
Bank West, I mean, just because. And uh, read the Sistine Chapel. Just sidetrack. If we were going to have a nude uh, David, a rugby league David, who would it be? Who would be our. Apart from Stephen oh, Crowley. Nick, Nick Kotrick. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. you'd get that. Like, that's yeah, a magnificent. Yeah. There's a wonderful picture of Nick Kotrick and Curtis Scott training together, and someone nasty has superimposed <laughs> Nick Kotrick's head over Curtis Scott. <laughs> it's a it's a sliding doors <laughs> moment. This Nick Kotrick never misses legs day. This Nick Kotrick never goes to legs day. I my my reaction oh. is based on my rec- recollection of David's hair would be Brad Mackay. I mean. He's Ooh. kind of got that. Perm. You can't really tell the colour though. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah. I mean, Florence at the the academy in Florence. Florence. Yeah. Yes. Firenze. <laughs> With Google, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there'd also there'd have to be specification about period, right? Like you you couldn't just identify. I want to see this rugby league player naked without specifying which period of their career. Ooh. Okay. Like, so could it just be prime Sunny Bill? Like, are we doing, you know? Plays that's, in their prime. That's your template right there. Oh, you'd want you'd I want think so. 2013. Yeah, 20, 20 year old. Putting the into the gap. Twenty year old Artie Beatson. Mm. Someone put a picture of him oh. online. He's he was a really good looking man. Uh, Mal Meninga springs to mind because because you've yeah. got the connection there, Bonnie. And, and when you are speaking to Mal, can you just yeah. ask him how the the source business is going? Because I know he brought out the range of Meninga condiments. Do you know? <laughs> I because I, I went to the meat emporium and they were selling it, so <gasps> I bought some. And then um, was it any good? I, and then I couldn't. It was delicious, but I couldn't find any again. So I actually thought about that the other day. I wonder if the sauce is still going around. I wondered when, when you were mentioning before who was that um, Mel got an invite from the prime minister. I, I did wonder yes. whether it was to say Mel, get me the hell out here. How do you how do you resign from politics, oh, Mel? He how hates, do you get out of it? He hates that. Yeah, I'm gone here. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't even that. I'm, I'm done. Bugging. I'm bugging. I'm bugging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 28 seconds. We, 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 we play it as a, a sting quite often on Fire Up just to keep us honest, you know. So you got your choice between Mal, Mal clearing out players in that try for the, um, uh, the yeah. Kangaroos or that, and you've got to go there. Look, uh, yeah. any yeah. during, the, during the, the period of the lockdown when you were doing those shows, any highlights? I mean, there was an exchange between Kendi and Mick Ennis that seems to stand out from memory. <laughs> Yeah, that sort of sprung out of nowhere. I, I don't know. And I think the professor superimposed me yes. um, just wheeling myself <laughs> out of the situation. Can you, you, just, you, just held your, you just held your hands up to the camera. I was mentioning before the um, uh, Charlie Stain's fingernails. Did, did, did you get – you would have had yes. a lot of time to do your nails in that discussion. No, you, didn't get, you didn't get a chance yeah, to well, they, polish them up. Both of them can, can talk. Um, so, yeah, they both – they both did, and that was fine because I think at the, that point our show was three hours. I was like, "Keep going, keep going, keep going. you guys, knock yourselves out. Less, uh, less, less than what we have to fill." But yeah, I, I mean that that um, debate and that was over Todd Greenberg. Um, yeah, and Paul Kent obviously was pretty savage of of uh, Greenberg around that time, and um, and and it felt like it was his right to defend him um, because. You know, it felt like at that point Todd didn't have many friends in rugby league, so uh, Michael um, definitely. And you know what? With some of the the reporting was pretty um, pretty out there. I've got to say, in, in terms of well, we knew that Belandis was coming in, and how much was Todd being told, and how many meetings was he being kept out of, and all that sort of stuff. So um, that was yeah, that was definitely that was an early one, I guess. Gosh, I don't know. Just I, you know, I liked. Um, FaceTiming just the players and some of the some of the older guys like Johnny Lewis, um, oh, yeah. Phil Sigsworth. Um, we had some great ones that you just you don't really get a chance in the cut and thrust of a premiership, and you're doing week in week out games, you know, eight games a week, whatever, and you don't get a chance to relive some of all those incredible moments that made you fall in love with rugby league. So when we did all the Fox Classics, um, you just reminded yourself. You go, God damn, we've got a great game and we've got some fantastic characters that have been involved over the years. So, yeah, for me, that was probably the best part. Just very briefly to Mr Greenberg as the extended family, we send our very best wishes. We always do that whenever we mention Todd on this show. Uh, I think our mate Albie Tallarico um, hit you up with some Jets footage, speaking of Phil Sixworth. <laughs> yes. I mean, so, yes. so I guess you had a format that was allowed to breathe somewhat. Would that be right? We had whatever you wanted. No idea is a bad idea. So, um, well, except yeah, having but, Dennis and, on. You know, 
No, well, even Kenty, because we'd been to the bridge and there was this guy that does the Johnny Cash tribute. Um, so we, we ended up dialing in him and just listening to a bit of Johnny Cash. It was, <laughs> it was honestly, it was it was wild. Uh, it was basically just radio um, in, yeah. in front of a camera. And I'm not sure who let us do that, but it got a bit loose. Um, but I kind of enjoyed it, to be fair. <laughs> do, you, do you look now when you're uh, mediating between Hoops and Michael Ennis, on big league rap and go, I miss those days. Is that how it is? Or <laughs> yeah, do you know? I do miss Kenty because I don't cross over with him now. So because he does Monday, is he, is he an outside cat? Well, no, he's an inside cat, but we're different days, different crews. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is funny. It's yeah, and do you know what? Like, because we've got some big huggers in Fox. Um, Gordon Tallis is a big hugger. Is he? Uh, Steve Blocker Roach, big hugger. Uh, we've got a floor manager, the mighty Tony Chalmers, TC, uh, our best off-season recruit from Channel 9. Yes, former Tiger. Um, he's a gigantic, yes, he's a gigantic hugger. He's still limping around on an ankle that uh, Wally Lewis broke and um, <laughs> still blaming Wally for that. Um, yeah, so the, look, I've, I've got to say, out of the, the whole lockdown situation, the huggers have been doing it the toughest. Yeah, because um, yeah, you know, Blocker's, ah. Blocker's an outside cat. He's, he's at the ground, so he... Blocky's an outside cat. And That's right. I, I imagine. I, how, do you have a lot of COVID cops inside Fox Sports stopping the huggers? And um, they're not game enough to go get out of that. But they that we do have a. Um, actually, we're going to have to start them again. Every before every shift, there was a um, COVID cop that would say, "Guys, this is what you're allowed to do. Don't touch this. Yep. Hand yep. sanitizer here. Blah 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 blah." Um, but, yeah, we do have a few people sort of looking sideways because, you know, look, at the end of the day, none of us want to get sent home. And, you know, the, when you boil it down, even though we were lucky enough to still have, you know, those um, Fox League live programs to show up to, the majority of the employees at yeah. Fox were sent home yeah. suspended without pay. So they yeah. went for a couple of months without a single cent going yeah. into their bank account. So, look, we I know we joke about it, but we do try and make sure that we – we are not um, going back there. anything yeah. because, yeah, we just can't afford to, you know, and I don't know if any many other businesses can either. I think to, just to keep the spirits up if you're feeling under pressure, if you sort of Billy Moore style, just yell out Tangaluma every now and then, everyone will observe <laughs> the protocol. Vonnie, you've been very generous with time. We want to do just a little bit of fan ba- feedback on the other side of the break, but um, there is the most burning question in rugby league that we would love your perspective of on, and that, of course, is the oven bell sound for the set restart. My mother, every time she hears it, thinks the kettle's boiled. I feel it's it's a uh, cross between feedback from an Eddie Van Halen gig in 1981 and fingers going down a blackboard. Do you love it? Where do you sit on it? Uh, yeah, it does sound a bit like an oven bell now that you've said that. that that's, the, um, that's the official NRL name for it. That's what it is. It's an oven bell. Oh, it is an oven yep. bell. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, look, I don't mind it. I guess I'm, I'm. there are bigger things that give me the willies in rugby league and that's certainly not one of them. <laughs> I think sometimes the um, – sorry, the dog's trying to come into shot again. Um, dog's most welcome. You know when the roost – no, he's not. He's, when he's when Fox annoying. Sports play the rooster crow. Why? Oh, no, they're yes. doing it. Why? Yes. Why? <laughs> is that, is that Nick Politis? They're Nick... now doing it for every team. They've been caught, they've been caught on this. <laughs> they're now doing a sound for every team. <laughs> what have they got for the Raiders? Just a... – <laughs> Just um, outrage. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's bizarre because, you know, um, when you're at IGA or Woolies or Coles or whatever and, and the hot chooks are ready. Yes. You know when you go and you get the hot chook yeah. and it goes, and it goes, and that's when you know the hot chooks are ready. So that's when everyone crowds around that little, you know, Bay Marie or whatever it is to get your fresh hot chook. So when you hear that, <laughs> I always think that I'm in the darn shopping centre doing my groceries. When, when the Raiders score, and let's face it, doesn't happen that often these days, you just hear shuffling papers, you know, Canberra bureaucrats. Oh, that's is the, that right? That's I'm thinking thing. more. You get these. You get the Raiders members' gloves and with, with the Viking clapper in them. Oh, that's what you need. That's what they should have. Yeah. How good is that? So oh, we're going to come back. That's a- for one more break where we explore uh, one of the age-old <laughs> questions. What is the most evil entity in rugby league? You're on Fire Ups, Quiet Australians. And, and look at Gale. He stands there and at times he looks to be drifting off into planet Chris Gale. Welcome back to Fire Ups, Quiet Australians. Free of Stephen Ferris. The globetrotting dragons has just sent him into a rapture and he's now in a hermetically sealed bubble, hoping to one day be, I guess like you, Bonnie, an inside cat. <laughs> That'd be terrific. 
Now, we are reaching out to the, the Fire Up community as they are, Bonnie, and exploring questions and examining issues. And we're getting answers. And one of the things by reaching out to the Fire Up community, Dennis actually got off his butt and got us an answer. So we were wondering when there was a set restart on the first tackle of a seven tackle set, what happens? Have you thought about this conundrum at all? Do they get a se- do they get seven tackles again? If if there's an infringement in the ruck on the first tackle of a seven yes. tackle set, do yes. they get do they get another seven tackles or is it just six to go, which means it's meaningless because they've already got six to go? Oh, so you mean if they get they start at zero again? Yes. Yeah. So you get a seven tackle set. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I think t- just six to go. No. Six to go? No, it's not no? six to go. It's zero. In the case of a six again zero. being of a inverted commas, six again, close inverted commas, being conceded on a zero tackle, the following tackle of the six again ruling will also be a zero tackle. So if there's a seven tackle right. set, it will actually be a it, seven tackle it, set again. It, so it becomes an eight tackle set. And, yes. And it's like one of those, you know, dimension paintings. Wow. It just, it'll go on forever. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, don't get me started about the set restart. No, don't get me started. Um, before we go into an examination of who's uh, the most evil entity in rugby league at the moment, we just want to do an update on what we're now calling the Warren Smith Trophy. Uh, uh, on the back of uh, the Joey Leilua, and isn't it great to see the head high back at Bankwest Stadium with Tigers running around, be it, <laughs> be it, be it uh, Raiders or Penrith Panthers or, or South yeah. uh, uh, Sydney Rabbitohs, the head high is back in uh, vogue, and Warren Smith, of course, uh, tweeted that uh, Joey Le Luna is the worst signing in the history of the NRL. Did you say Joey Le Luna? Uh, Project Apollo, Joey Le Luna, it's all happening. <laughs> the Le Luna Lounge, that sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, have a co- couple of cocktails at Lounge Le Luna. Uh, just an update on some of the uh, nominations, and we'll never resolve this, but Dave Ray himself, who admits that he retired playing rugby league after he left primary school, lists them off. Without saying to who they went, Justin Poor, Shane Shackleton, Tim Smith, Chris McQueen, Kate Snowden, who I see is playing again in a regional rugby league situation. Where? Yeah, in a, in a, for a regional oh, okay. team, he's been cleared from the uh, uh, medical condition that he had that retired him. And Russell Packer, Cam Short said Greg Smith, famously the NFL player who turned up at the Newcastle Knights. And wasn't actually an NFL player? No. Yes. No. To be distinguished... <laughs> From Manfred Moore, who famously once kicked the ball over King George V Stadium at no, Hanson Park. Threw it over, he I should threw say. It. So he was an actual NFL player. He played in the Super Bowl and 70 days later was playing in uh, for the Jets. I'm making these mistakes because I'm so rattled by having AFL players on Henson Park. You know, I called, yeah, I called yeah. Patrick Dangerfield Rodney Dangerfield the other day and Gary Ablett Jr. walked into my coffee shop the other day and I actually called the authorities because Gladys has said, no Victorians. And he's just walking with impunity around Surrey Hills. It's just out of control. This is the son of God. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about the most evil people in rugby league and you've got the son of God playing Uh, for the murderers. These these are the worst signings in NRL history. Uh, Mick Ryan said, Sean Johnson, the Sharks, because it pushed his boy Kyle Flanagan to the Roosters. Troy Maguire, who's a big friend of the show, nominates equally Matt Ballin and Jason Kalis from the Tigers because they played three games each. But the, this, this is the one that ages me, and it's actually not an NRL era signing, but this is my favourite nominee, and it came from Greg Cross. Do you guys remember Vince Farah? No. So Vince, yeah. Vince Farah played for the Cronulla Sharks in 1974. So the Cronulla Sharks had come off the 73, you know, the Dockyard Brawl, lost the grand final. Tommy Bishop and uh, Cliff Watson in their boots and all, great English rugby league players. Cliff was also an English rugby league player, but he wasn't great. And... <laughs> He, he was a prop forward, follically challenged, large and slow. And he, he played 18 games for the Sharks. And, and I, I, I went to school with Nick Far Jones, so I know the Far Jones boys. And they used to play. Doesn't pl- like to drop that name no, either. No, Hates no. dropping yeah. that name. But, hey, <laughs> let me tell you, I, I drop your name in public, Dennis, nothing. Bonnie's it's a different reaction. <laughs> really, what's she like? She seems so, she seems so immediate, horrible. you know. Yeah, yeah. She's horrible. <laughs> Okay, nightmare. Like, it's just all for show. Yeah. And their version of, of Bulldog was Vince Farah. They just run into each other holding a ball. <laughs> wow. Now, oh, that's, you know, worst signings. Remember, I, do you know, and we are talking about player polls earlier. I, I used to miss the most overrated because the oh, players yeah. would vote. Break the Astor <laughs> every the most, year. Yeah, it's so 
mean. God, it's a, it's a decent troll if you if you voted most overrated. Um, I don't know. What about Dave Taylor? He kind of did well, the not train. a great deal at the end. Yeah. Um, there's a void. Jared Hayne at the Titans wasn't oh, great. But, but that, that was a cracker. I yeah. mean, that's kind yeah. of that's the black hole. That's the Bermuda Triangle. Is the Titans right? Because you think of everybody who's gone yeah. to the Titans. I mean, has the peach kicked on? I mean, Bryce Carro did some nice things the other day. I know he's got some issues, but boy, you know, uh, the, yeah. it, it seems like the place to go. Actually, a friend of mine, Des Walsh, was telling me the other day, by the way, he's moved north of Burley Heads. And he says, because he sea changed the Gold Coast, he says people will now come visit him mm. on the Gold Coast because he's north yeah. of Burley Heads. When he was south of Burley Heads, no one would touch him. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Because that's too close to the Tweed. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is why you got to pay one point two five million dollars to someone to go because they give you a house south of Burley Heads, right? Oh. Do you know it's funny? Um, Mal was saying that they were in talks with Luke Thompson, uh, the St Helens mm. Super League prop that's just um, debuted for the Bulldogs, On and, report. He, and he, apparently he was pretty. <laughs> he was he was pretty interested in going, and then he looked at the Gold Coast and he loved it. But I was like, how did you not sell? The, the glitter strip, the girls, the beaches, the lifestyle. And the meter mates. Yeah, they still have the meter mates. Yeah, the meter mates. Warwick Kappa. Oh, like, and the go-karts. Warwick Kappa's go-kart centre. I don't want to. Go-karts. I don't want to name drop again. I've been on the Vomitron. No yes. problem. No problem. I enjoyed the Vomitron. <laughs> but I was at uh, Hayden James's Bucks party and there were 28 of us and so we walked up to the entrance to Sin City Nightclub and the bouncer goes, how many, how many are you, boys? And we go, 28. And he goes, come on in. I mean, the Gold Coast is the only place you can turn up with 28 men and they want your money. They yeah. actually want you to come in. It was yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, it's it's it literally is Pirate Nation. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no, they uh, unfortunately chose uh, Belmore. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> Boy. Anyway, they're, they're building something, I think, at the Gold Coast. Probably another resort. But um, so the most evil... Entity in rugby league. We don't want to confine it to a person. We talk a lot here about Cameron Smith as being that figure, right? Uh, we're calling it the Robert Johnson Trophy. You get a hundred dollar voucher to the Crossroads Hotel at Kazula. and Smith. You know, you, you think it's an open field, and again, he's putting his best foot forward on the weekend. So. Uh, Jesse Bromwich, who did subsequently leave the field with a knee injury, there's a dropout and the Storms go, hang on, Jesse's getting his knee strapped. And let me tell you, it was like a talk about Michelangelo. I mean, that trainer was doing great work. And he did leave the field subsequently, but there was another dropout and Riley Jax is getting strapped. And the referee goes, you're not getting another one over me here, Cameron. Riley's got over the back. And then Cameron was able to go and descriptively describe the difference between the two instances and get the same time saving. It's genius. Evil genius. The, the word genius that, is used too much, but evil genius is never used enough. That is evil it's genius. It's evil genius. And the smile, I mentioned in the song, the smile, the smarmy smile on his face smarmy as, he, as he sat there. <laughs> and there's Grant Atkins, one of the, again, talking of eyebrows, beautifully knitted brow, quite mm. noble in the brow, mm. was saying, Cameron, he has to go, he has to go. But he fell into it. He fell into the debate with Cam. And once you've fallen into the debate with Cam, he is yours. He's going to run rings around you. He's going to – you cannot. You, you have to say the only way is the Bill Harrigan way. Don't talk to me. Just go. That's the only answer to Cam Smith. Cam, you're the captain of the team. You're wasting time to get breath. This is cheating. Ten minutes. Don't talk to me. Just go. I, I, I just thought it was nice to see Riley Jacks. in front of the post. I thought it was nice to see Riley Jacks actually having an impact on the game, to be honest. <laughs> Gave him something to do. So, so Bonnie, here's a couple of the nominees. Keen for your reaction. Justin yes. of Orwood says, hands down, it's got to be Uncle Nick Politis. You meet him at the crossroads. You sell your rugby league soul for a spot in the team full of rep players, brown paper bag and a city forward. And the greatest trick he's ever pulled is when the salary cap auditor comes... Hello, Ian Schubert, back in the day. He convinces him he doesn't exist. I, 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 I don't accept this salary cap business with the Roosters. I just think it's terrific list management. Isn't oh, it? great businessman. Yep. It's unbelievable. That's what it is. It's, it's, it is, they are the icon. And if they are not the benchmark of how you should be operating as a rugby league team, then you know what? Everyone needs to just stop whinging about the salary cap sombrero and just get on board. It's nothing to do with sombrero. It's all to do with the Kilimanjaro speech. Oh, yes. That's it. Are you, are you across oh, yes. the Robo Kilimanjaro speech? Yeah. We're, we're running that yeah. thematically. Yeah. 
Tomorrow's game day. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter. Don't spend too much energy about thinking going to the top. We we get there as a team. Dot dot dot. He gave that speech four times in the trip to Townsville when they assembled at the airport, uh, when they arrived at Queensland Bank Country Stadium. And the great thing about Robbo is he does it. He's so confident. You know, he's he's talking about tomorrow being the game day, and they're Tomorrow's up on a mount, mountain in sub-zero temperatures. No excuses on game day. They're playing in a tropical zone the same day uh, against the North Queensland Cowboys, but he doesn't change the words. It's just the effect. The players just immediately understand. He doesn't have to repurpose it's like it. They're a sleeper cell, and this is their trigger. By this the way, <laughs> did, did you hear that? This is this is why the Roosters are so good. It's it's the small stuff that they do sweat. So. They had to get a nap in up there at Queensland Bank Country Stadium, or as you would like to refer to it, Dennis. Oh, Townsville Stadium. Yeah, right. Yep. And they, pro- <laughs> they provided them with inflatable lilos in a corporate area to have a nap. But the roosters were encouraged to bring a pillow from home, which I thought was great, so you've got something familiar. And less well covered was they also brought an additional personal item, which we revealed last Friday. Luke Keery had Big Ted's his teddy bear. Uh, Tupanua had his blankie. And James Tedesco, of course, hates the dark, so he brought his nightlight. Which, <laughs> and of course, was just, it one of those little glow worms? Yeah. The, the worms with the head that illuminates. And, and you saw how the Roosters were off their game in the first half, right? That was because they got disrupted sleep because they couldn't get darkness in there because Tedesco wouldn't turn his nightlight off. James, will you get that light off? We're trying to sleep. I can't sleep with it off. Uh, we mentioned, uh, and I can't quite say this properly, but Arthur, trust me, Broadsa. <laughs> who said Jake Friend is the most evil in rugby league because more Jesus Christ pose, please nail him in the position at some point than anybody else. Maybe the arm waving is just fanning the flames of hell. Oh, no, I don't think I've noticed that. Oh, he is up. He is up the whole time. He's, I, I, so I, is I, he? I think he's actually the angel. Uh, he's up all he, the time. He's inherited yeah, it from right. two. I think you, you can follow a lineage that goes Tuvi, Farah, Friend. Yep. The yeah. wings yeah, go right. up. The wings go up. I think he's yeah, got right. a tattoo of wings yep. on the back, and he has like the, his traps are so tight that he. he yeah. It's actually his. his yeah, you, know, you hear about resting, resting bitch face. He's got such tight traps, they just pull up. <laughs> and he, that's how he. When he gets home, when he's in the shower, he just walks around like this because it's so hard to pull him down. Mary Jane Solis has nominated Gus Gould for being the niggliest niggle merchant hiding behind a somewhat aspirational <laughs> speaker facade. You know those <laughs> Churchillian speeches. Now, listen, I happen to know Mary Jane Salier, and there's a word around Sydney basketball that she is one of the biggest back chatters to officials and disrespectful? so forth. Very disrespectful. Goodness. And I think it ill behooves her to be nominating such a great man as Gus Gould. Look to yourself, Mary Jane Salier, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ian Jessup, is, this is talking about blast from the past. David Moffat, when he was NRL CRO, CRO wow, remember those that's, days? That's going back. Wow. That. When when was that? Well, Moffat was, was, was pre-Smith. So he's, he was the tweenie. Uh, was it Whittaker into Moffat? Might have been Whittaker into Moffat. I, I don't know. even remember. Yeah. Oh, so this is from, we've gone, come with us and Gallop. Yeah, no, sorry, it was. It would have been... It was pre-Gallop. Mo- Gallop. Moffat into Gallop. So I think yeah, yeah. we went Whittaker into Moffat, right. into Gallop, into Smith, into uh, Greenberg. Into Greenberg. Into... Um, Who? Peter Volandis. Well, no. Andrew Abdo. And Abdo. Abdo has been... Andrew Abdo. Abdo's been... He's been on the media today. I saw a picture of him. He's doing a press conference. Is he a CEO IW? CEO in waiting? I don't know. He's an interim CEO. No, he 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 is the CEO, isn't he? I thought he was the acting CEO. Is he still acting? Or, is yeah. that, or at least he's acting as he's a acting. CEO. He's act, well, he, or okay. acting as in, you know, actor, puppet. John, John, Roby, puppet. John Roby said Jackson Hastings, and I said reasons, please. Gave me none. Sloppy research, John. Uh, Richard, <laughs> Richard Yabsley, and I couldn't, I can't read out the whole message because it doesn't stop. He's gone Politis and Arco for their perpetual pillaging of West Magpies. <laughs> We're going back to the 70s. Bullfrog Moore wow. for stealing that point off oh. West's on the 6th of July, 1975, due to the Lubinskis affair. Now, <laughs> do you guys know this story? So Mick, I believe this has to do, and please let us know if I'm getting this wrong, but I think Mick Lubinskis came on as a reserve inappropriately, and I think the game might have been drawn, and instead of being stripped of the two premierships points, they were stripped, stripped of one. one. Mick Lubinskis now has a bit to do with uh, West and so forth. When he first re- debuted for Western Suburbs, it was the, um, the days of Rex Mossop calling the action and Barry Ross was on the sideline. 
And and <laughs> Rex said, uh, Barry, I see uh, young Mick Lubinskis has come on for Western Suburbs. Uh, I believe he's of uh, Italian origin. <laughs> and and Barry said, no, Rex, he's from Wollongong. Yabsley, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's clearly a story of some Darcy Lawler, of course, the cheating grand final from the 1963 grand final. I stand with you on that. And just Arthur Summons, wherever you are, you've been done a disservice. Jeff Bullos, West Tigers in general. Wow. <laughs> His home team. As a lifelong West Tigers and Magpies fan, I believe the gates to all nine of our home grounds should have the words of Dante's Inferno printed above <laughs> as you walk in. Abandoned <laughs> hope. All you you need to hear. It is so, you know, so bad that, that Mick Ennis taunted James Hoops on your show last weekend for the Tigers being in ninth again and they were in eighth. Yeah, I know. That's what, I didn't want to speak up. You should I was have. Like, oh, I'm probably wrong. You should have. Because I'd just done the ladder and I thought, I swear to God, I think the Tigers are in eight. But <laughs> you know what? It's it's not going to be the hill I die on with Michael Ennis. Like, you're just going to let him go. <laughs> this, is, this is particularly harsh off the back of his recent isolation, uh, but perhaps a bit pertinent. Terry Ball, who we've mentioned before with his great artwork, has nominated Aidan Tolman because of his soul-destroying fourth tackle hit-ups when you're 10 metres from the try line. Just, <laughs> just stick forks in my eyes. And poor old Tolman coming out of trouble last, last weekend when he dropped the ball. That was really harsh against your Broncos, who are flying high, Bonnie. Is that right? Uh, putrid. The whole thing's putrid. Yeah, well, it's yeah. a simple answer. Seabold had the answer. Drop Corey Oates because clearly what's going wrong with the Broncos is the wing. So let's drop Corey Oates. No. Oh, boy. No. Russell White's gone the easiest path. Cameron Smith, uh, don't recognise him without his whistle. And finally, Glenn Smith, probably no relation, who says the only one who could give the Prince of Darkness a nudge is Greg Hartley for his Hollywood. performance in the oh. 1978 final series. And the fibros and the silver tails... Should be prescribed yeah. viewing for every HSC kitty, I think. You know, just part of their English You know, that's program. what I watched during lockdown, the How Five good. Rose and the Silver Tales. How good. I did, and I loved it again. It was amazing. There's a, there's a beautiful story Johnny Gibbs tells of Hollywood Hartley the year after that, and they're, they're playing, and there's a, there's a scrum, and Johnny Gibbs yells out to Hartley, Who's, whose feet is it? And Hartley goes, it's ours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Vonnie, have you got any parting thoughts before I leave you with an indelible image? Or we leave you with an indelible image? Oh, 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 is this an unsolicited image that you're sending through? No, no, these are words. This is a word picture about scrums oh, just filling off foot. But Dennis, no, we just, I mean, it's been a thrill for us to have you. You're always so welcome on Fire Up. We love what you do for the sport and the game and your contribution. No, and thank you, you. And you got us through some tough times there, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was, uh, well, it was really tough for me if I had to watch Dennis. <laughs> but clearly you didn't no, because you turned it off because you haven't seen the Kenty song. <laughs> well, it's Paul Kent that leaves us with perhaps the image, uh, which is talking about feeding scrums, whose feet is it? What would happen if, can you imagine a referee feeding a scrum if this is what happened to them? So if Kenny wrote today, when the Kangaroos were wrapping up the third test in 1990, Australian coach Bob Fulton sent a message to Steve Roach with 10 minutes left in the series. Time to square up, the trainer told Roach. For almost all the series, the Kangaroos had kept their cool while Great Britain tried to upset them with niggling tactics. British halfback Andy Gregory was lucky to escape manslaughter charges by the end. So as they walked to a final scrum, Roach looked at halfback... Your boy, Ricky Stewart. Ricky, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And nodded towards Gregory. Push him in, Blocker said. What, Stewart said? He said, when he goes to feed the ball, push him in the scrum. Stewart shoved Gregory into the tunnel where he landed at Blocker's feet. By the time Blocker was finished, all that left of Gregory, all that was left of Gregory was the left eyebrow and the tongue of his shoe. They call it even. Our plea to the National Rugby League is get the referees feeding scrums. That will bring the people back through the gates when they're open. Dennis, has been a pleasure. Oh, Stephen, we miss you. Vonnie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, boys. Thank you. It's uh, an absolute joy. You bring um, the, the wonderful oddities of rugby league to life, so it's a pleasure to be with you. All the very best, and please send us a, send us a postcard from Tangaluma. And go and feed your, <laughs> and go and feed your dog. Your dog's hungry. I know. He's been bothering me for an hour. <laughs> See you later. Thank See you, ya. boys. You've been on Fire Ups quite Australians.